0: Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Well, good evening. Hello, my name is Victor Vigiani. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And obviously, I'm not Richard. Richard is away on a bit of a well-deserved rest this weekend. And I'm sitting in in the pilot's chair to take over and do the best we can to bring you the news on... Things very, very different in the world. And as the introduction indicated to you, things are very, very different. We know that. Those of you who tune into the show realize that. And we try to bring you the news that is alternative news. It is different news. It is different information. And we do welcome you and we do thank you for joining us on board this evening. We have a very interesting show this evening and we would like to um, eventually bring in a very special guest from Brazil, and we'll be getting to that in a moment. And this individual has uh, pretty well led the command in the international UFO field in terms of research on the UFO issue in demanding answers from his government and the military about the UFO issue. And it is a real pleasure uh, to introduce this individual. His name is A.J. Guevard, and uh, he's a he's a renowned individual internationally. He's a founder of the uh, Brazilian UFO magazine. He's also the founder and director of the Brazilian Center for Flying Saucer Research, the largest organization of its type in South America, with well over. 1,200 members for the past 19 years. He's been the only full-time UFO researcher in Brazil. And in 1983, he was appointed by Dr. A.J. Hynek to be the representative of the Center of UFO Studies in Brazil. It's a real esteemed appointment. And this individual, he has produced, I guess, uh, multiple numbers of information, seeks out of the UFO Uh, research community and he's also heads the brazilian committee on ufo researchers and that has recently examined the ufo issue and documents in the brazilian military and ufo disclosure and i guess that's one of the main things that we want to talk to aj about this evening because of his contacts and influence with the brazilian government in trying to come to the bottom of and get the cooperation from the military and the government about the ufo issue so we do welcome aj here on The Conspiracy Show. AJ, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Victor. It's my pleasure to be a part of your show, and I I greet all your listeners, and uh, I hope that uh, our talk is helpful to try to understand, to make you understand uh, how things are going in Brazil and how we do things uh, towards uh, opening files, uh, opening secret UFO files from our government. Well,
0: I guess that's the point that uh, that we have to really look at AJ because all of the um, the information that I have and I followed your work for a number of years, and one of the things that uh, has really astounded uh, me in in terms of how you've gotten into the um, I guess the official government um, I guess attack on this whole information, and what astounds me is how have you managed to get the cooperation of the government and the military in the way that you have because it appears that Uh, For whatever reasons they are cooperating with you here in North America. It's quite difficult for UFO researchers to get the cooperation of military and government But somehow you in Brazil and you and your 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 um, your colleagues have somehow managed to co-op the government into Cooperating with you and not only releasing files, but actually getting into Investigating UFO uh, cases. How did that come about?
1: Well, uh, that's a long story that I'll try to make it short. See, Brazil has a long-time relationship with the UFO phenomena officially. Our military started uh, looking into this issue uh, as far as uh, 1954. So in 1954, when almost all the world was covering up up, uh, the UFO phenomena, here in Brazil we had some, some military from the Brazilian Air Force that were already starting their investigation of this phenomena. And it, 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 it went on. On the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, we have several projects of UFO investigation officially put together in, in several branches of the Brazilian Air Force. Also, Victor, maybe some people in the United States don't know, but in South America, uh, there are several governments that take care of the UFO phenomenon research officially. See? One of the longest living uh, official UFO investigation program is in Uruguay, which started in 1979, and they are uh, fully active until now. And we have in Chile, since 1997, another uh, organization dedicated to UFO research, which is connected to the civilian aviation department, while in Uruguay, it's a branch of the Uruguayan Air Force. We also had in the uh, early 2000s, we had the Peruvian Air Force uh, starting their investigation officially toward the UFO phenomena in Peru and Lima and also in Ecuador and now in Argentina for quite uh, two and a half years now. Argentina is engaged in, the, in official UFO investigation. So we, with Brazil, it comes to six countries in South America alone, that do uh, investigate or deal with this phenomena officially. Now, in Brazil right now, it is said by our government that there is no official UFO investigation going on. But in Brazil, the situation is different because the government uh, or, or, or at least uh, its uh, Brazilian Air Force it, it says that It is completely open towards the subject. As of August, the year 2000, the commander of the Brazilian Air Force issued a resolution that was published uh, in the official uh, uh, newspaper of this administration Mm -hmm. to say that from that moment on, all reports of unidentified flying objects received by any branch, any any department of the Brazilian Air Force, should be sent to a specific location and then, after uh, being taken care of, should be made available to the public in the National Archives. That is uh, one milestone decision by our commander of the Brazilian Air Force, which did that, as to say, uh, to to us, to the Brazilian UFO researchers, into the entire society, that our government is not holding any information about this subject. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, I, I guess that's a, that's a great introduction to um, to what we're trying to get at here. Now, when you say that the Brazilian government or the military are investigating, or the that the files are passed along. And to the military, or whatever however, however these things are, are are put forward to the military or to the government, what happens to them so there 's a UFO sighting or there 's a landing or whatever. How does the government uh, first of all investigate it and then interpret it and then feed the information back to the media and, and Is there any type of you know media um, follow up and, and interpretation to the public about what these things are and what it really represents politically?
1: Sort of. Uh, Our military are open towards this subject. But right now, uh, the the Brazilian Air Force says that it's not conducting any UFO investigation whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So they say that when they get any report of UFOs coming from anywhere in the country, and this is a big country, lots of flies all over and especially those reports that are coming from aeronautic personnel like pilots, uh, air traffic controllers, this kind of, of, of people, these reports should be centralized in the Brazilian Aerospace Defense Command and the federal capital in Brasilia, and then it should be sent, according to some rules, it should be sent to the National Archives to be made public. But in, uh, it means that like, if someone flying, some pilot flying a, 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 a 747 or 777, right? Yeah, from Sao Paulo to Rio, for instance, if it sees a UFO and it reports it officially, it has to fill up a, a, a form that are spread all over the, the, the airports in Brazil. This guy has to fill it up this form, and sent to the Brazilian Airspace Space Defense Command in Brazil. And it will be received by the military, and it will, will be made public through the National Archives. So anyone can see uh, the file or any 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 other report that comes along with that file of this, this siphon. So if it the UFO was detected by radar, uh, along with uh, the uh, visual observation made by the pilots in this example, mm-hmm. it will be all together in the national archive, so anyone can go there in Brasilia and check it out.
0: So I guess there's there's really so the reports can be made uh, from whatever sources uh, they emanate from, and then the reports are made, and then it resides. In in, in, a, in some sort of file somewhere. Now, does the military make any interpretations of what these things might be? Do they make any comment about? Because I guess the reason I'm asking that question, AJ, is because um, uh, you know this this seems to be a step ahead, like a big step ahead from whatever happens here in North America. These things don't even. Don't even come to any kind of surfacing within the uh, the North American uh, framework. I mean, so, it, do you consider what's happening in Brazil a, a big step uh, forward or ahead of what's happening in North America, or is it just a matter of these reports being made? They land up in the military, military files and they just they just sort of die there. Like, what's what's the difference here?
1: Well, Steve, uh, I think it's a big difference. Uh, I think that the Brazil is probably the only government in the world who has done it because it was official. This resolution was issued and published, so it was made official that this is the rule that, uh, that the Brazilian Air Force f- uh, follows when it comes to reports of UFOs. Now, it, it was a kind of ambiguous resolution because mm-hmm. it doesn't say in any point of it, and it's a, it's a, it's a huge statement, it's uh, several articles, Uh, It doesn't say in any point of it that the Brazilian Air Force will investigate the report made to them. It doesn't say. It just says that all reports received by the Brazilian Air Force are to be made public immediately through the National Archives. That's great. Okay, I'm
0: going to hold you there, A.J., because we've got to take a break here, okay? And we'll be right back. Uh, We're talking with A.J. Givard, a UFO researcher from Brazil, and you're listening to The Conspiracy Show, and my name is Victor Vigiani sitting in for Richard Serrett. Stay right there, and we'll be right back. of the system are asleep now we can play the conspiracy show with richard serrett
1: and the history of politics it is recognized that the first country to ever admit officially how serious the ufo phenomena is was france back in 1976 But actually, it was Brazil 22 years earlier, in 1954, in a press conference held in Rio de Janeiro at the Superior War Academy. It started a growing conscience in the nation that something very huge and very important was going on and needed immediate attention and investigation by not only military, but also civilian UFO researchers. In all history, we have military working together with civilians.
0: That was the voice of A.J. Gavard, UFO researcher from Brazil. And before the break, we were... Investigating and talking about uh, how the link between independent civilian UFO researchers has really been, um, I guess, ingrained in and beginning to become a little bit more a part of the military and government uh, investigations of ufos and we find that in north america to be a very anomalous situation because here in north america obviously as most of you will understand that our government will have nothing to do with this there is no way that any of our government officials or military would make any kind of public statements but here we have you know a a country like brazil and the air force and as aj was indicating earlier that paraguay and uh... Uruguay and Chile, Argentina have all kinds of reports of these things and a cooperation. So let's continue along with that line of thinking, A.J., and, and developing, I guess, uh, the, the question, how did all of this really come about? We, we know that uh, it back, as far back as 1954, your government admitted that this was a worthwhile subject to investigate. Is that, is that not correct?
1: That is correct. That was in 1954, which is a long time ago. We already had a, a group of military assembled to investigate the subject, which repeated, was repeated in 1969 and then again in 1977. And in 77, during what we call the Operation Sorcerer, there was a close encounter that happened between Brazilian Air Force military, several officials, and extraterrestrial intelligences in the Amazon. Now, to, to answer to your question of, of how this happened in Brazil, well, in two o four, I uh, had an idea, and I put this idea to my colleagues, the the other members of the Brazilian committee of UFO researchers. The first one to acknowledge the idea was Marco Antônio Petit, the co-editor of the Brazilian UFO magazine. Mm -hmm. And we started a campaign, a movement in Brazil called UFOs, Freedom of Information Now, which has the purpose of asking the government to come clear about this, to open its files about UFOs, and also at the same time established a committee for investigation of this phenomenon composed both by military and civilian. We started having like with all, all over the internet with the magazines and uh, making a petition, asking people to sign it, and eventually got like seventy thousand uh, signatures
0: 70,000
1: se- 70,000 70, 70, signatures are uh, supporting our our demands to the government and, and on early 205 I got a call from, from someone at the Brazilian Air Force saying yes, yes, AJ, we hear you and okay we were going to invite you guys to come to Brasilia and let's talk about it. Let's talk about UFOs. We're going to show you what we have, and we're going to discuss with you, uh, your team of people, what is being, uh, going on inside the Brazilian Air Force about this subject. And on May 20, 205, all the eight or seven or eight of us, all the Brazilian committee of UFO researchers, we went to Brasilia and we spent a whole morning From 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., searching files at the Brazilian Airspace Defense Command, which is a, there was a war room, a war room over there, and we, we, we were received there. We could examine thousands of pages of documents that were over a table. And they said, you want to see this? So now you can see this. You can check it by yourself but we were not allowed it to make copies or to take anything of this to, with us or mm-hmm. to make photos of things like that we were only allowed it to examine this material while we were there so it didn't satisfy us it was a good move yeah, by, y- by yeah. Our military, yeah a good step it, a good, good step forward right yeah So what we did, we continued our campaign because what we demanded was that this information was released. Now, we had a strategy, Victor, because, you see, we're not so naive that we're going to come to our military and say, hey, we want you guys to open everything. Mm -hmm. So we had a strategy, and this strategy was that we selected Three cases, three milestone cases of UFOs in Brazil, of which we had in each one of them confirmed, documented involvement of the Brazilian Air Force or Army or Navy in the investigation of the of our sightings, of uh, landings of the UFO phenomenon in, in general. Right. So we have these three cases listed. Because if the governor comes to us and say, well, we can help you because we don't have anything or we don't know anything about the cases that you are naming,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're going to say, no, sir, you do. Because here are the files that leaked through some military time ago, and we can prove that the Brazilian military were involved in these three cases. So they cannot deny these three cases. This is why we, need, we didn't ask for many other cases, mm-hmm. but these three cases, they were emblematic. If they gave us information about the three, the three cases, we would be very satisfied and we could move forward. That was the idea. One of the cases was the operation Saucer in the Amazon in the 70s. The other one is what we call the official UFO night in Brazil that happened in 1986 when the 21, see, the 21 300-meter-in-diameter UFOs were chased by seven jets from the Brazilian Air Force over São Paulo, Rio, and Brasilia. This is what we call the official UFO night in Brazil. Happened in 1986. And
0: they were intercepted by jets, apparently. Isn't that what you said, too?
1: Yes, by jets, yes. Mm. And the third case was, of course, the Virginia case, that happened in the '90s, specifically in 1996. Now, uh, stepping uh, uh, back a little bit, we, we then, after this visit that we have, uh, that we did in Brasilia we we started going heavier in our campaign. We we let it we let it rest for like we let it rest for like six months or so, and then we, we got back heavy, asking for the government to release its files. And and we went publicly through the media that we gave us a lot of support. It's very good in Brazil. We have a lot of support from the media. And then in 2007, the government decides to start releasing the papers. By decades, we first had the 50s and the 60s, then the 70s, then the 80s. And throughout the years, in 2007, 2008, 2009, we came to the, to the 80s. So we already have from the, from the 50s to the 80s. And 2010, we have the 90s. And later on, the, the papers for the years uh, 2000 to 2010.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it covers pretty much the last 60 years, uh, everything that at least it's what the government wants us to believe, that it covers everything that was done about the subject, any investigation that was cons- uh, uh, conducted, uh, the reports that were produced from those investigations, etc., and, and, and it, it totalizes some um, almost 5,000 pages and some 500 photos, including uh, the reports of UFO landed with tripulants occupants nearby. Investigated by Brazilian air Force so it, it, it it's a very good material but but we understand that five thousand pages is not not even ten percent of mm-hmm. what we believe that the government has produced in the last six years there has to be more so the yeah, is that yeah. This, Times bigger than that number.
0: Yeah, so do you feel that you've got 5,000 pages, and I know Operation Saucer is something that I want to get into eventually, but before we do that, you just made a statement that the 5,000 pages that they do already have... That they've offered you. Now, how much more do you think they really have? Now, and then I, I guess on top of that question would be, you, you've talked to them about cases you already know about. Your organizations are, be that four or five, six cases, whatever it happens to be. And they know that you know. But then do you feel that there are some other very poignant cases that you may not be aware of that you are trying to get at through legal means from the government that you, that, uh, that they know of that you, that you don't know of?
1: Yes, in this 5,000 pages, we we found out information about cases that we never heard of, that only the Brazilian Air Force knew of. I see, especially cases involving pilot sightings in, in flight, in flight. Now, as uh, uh, to your first question, I do believe, I can't substantiate that with any evidence because we. We simply don't have the keys of the, the those files. But of, of course, yeah. yeah. At least the government has ten thousand, ten thousand more. Excuse me, ten times more than what was released. We were given five thousand pages. I believe the government has at least ten times more than that. No photos and videos and right. footage.
0: Everything. Yeah, when when all of this happens, you know, just getting down to the basic essence of it, do you sit down at a table with with uh, uh, a military officer or a military representative or a government representative? Do you sit down at a table with these people, exchange files? How does that actually happen? That that, that they actually release you and show you files? You sit there, exchange papers, or how does it actually happen?
1: That that was, was one of the greatest moments of my life.
0: I can imagine. Yes.
1: Yeah. We, we I mean, me and my colleagues at the Brazilian Committee of UFO researchers all sitting at a table, uh, in one side of the table and the other side of this long table. There were several guys in uniforms, generals, brigadiers, and and they were giving us a briefing about UFOs, how the government deals with it. Mm-hmm. We were inside the Brazilian Airspace Defense Command, we were, we made the tour. We could see how they detect in the, the, the system, the radar system that comprises the Brazilian Air Force defense and aircraft controlling, uh, which, it, uh, which is a very extend, uh, it's is a, a very complex thing. They show us how do they uh, detect UFOs. Uh, actually, we learned that the government, uh, the military in Brazil, call UFOs as traffic age, as hotel in aeronautics uh, uh, language. Mm-hmm. Traffic age. So you will see in the papers that they released, almost 5,000 pages, lots of mentions to traffic age. It's how they call it. It was a very, very interesting thing. But see, since that moment, we, we considered that the government did most of what it was expected from it. It came forward. It released papers. But this paper came only from the Brazilian Air Force. We also asked it, the military from the Navy and the Army to come forward and complain about it. And they never did. Now, our campaign goes on on a different level and we are asking the Minister of Defense of Brazil which is ahead, it's one step both uh, the army the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Navy and the Air Force right. to oh. determine that their commandant of this, uh, these forces release all papers that they have and that the navy and the army is starting doing the same. See, the navy never released one single page of many that they have produced about UFO reports of UFOs uh, next to ships, military warships, or or, or or navy bases in so many places of the country. They well, this is
0: yeah, this is just a fascinating process. After the break, I I, I do want to you know examine that whole process with you because this is something that no ufo researcher in north america or even a, a, a political person within the UFO field has ever experienced before, to sit table to table, nose to nose, you know, with people who've got this kind of information. And after the break, I think we, we want to examine this again and perhaps maybe get a little more deeply into Operation Saucer. Uh, so we're listening to A.J. Givard here on The Conspiracy Show with some fascinating information about how the Brazilian government is relaying information to the general civilian public. So you know, stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after this. Keeping an eye on the New World Order, this is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. My name is Victor Vijani sitting in for Richard Serrett. I want to welcome some of our affiliates. We've got uh, several affiliates listening. I want to welcome in WIXI from Birmingham, Alabama, and Huntsville, Alabama, WKAC, and in Phoenix, KVNA. So welcome to all of our listeners in those areas of North America. We're talking with AJ Gavard, and uh, it's a very, it's just a big pleasure to listen to not only what AJ has to say, but uh, the astounding information about how the government is cooperating with him and his organization about this. Um, AJ, what I'd like to do is maybe, if you could, just outline, there's one very specific a case that came up, um, I guess, in the 70s regarding Operation Saucer, where people were were sort of accosted by strange balls of light that seemed to come from the sky or the the water and the woods. Now, you know, a this this, this happened. Apparently, you know, it it did occur. Now, how was this? First of all, how did it play out with the government and the military? And how did this information come to your uh, come to your um, the forefront of your investigations?
1: Okay. Okay, the Operation Saucer was an operation conducted by the Brazilian Air Force in the Amazon, specifically in an island called Colaris, which is in the state of Pará, because something was going on in that island. Uh, It started on September 1977 and lasted four months until December 1977. And during these four months, a team of three dozen men commanded by Captain Uiroje Holanda they investigated thoroughly UFOs in that big island, which is by the Amazon River, by the way. And it all started because the people living in that place uh, as, uh, going back like two years before that in, nine, in 1975 the people were reporting being uh, attacked by strange balls of light strange uh, beams of light that would come out of these spaceships that sometimes would come over the trees, sometimes would come over the rivers. But if the things get, uh, they got ugly in 1977 in the first six months of that year, making the, the local authorities to go talk to the Brazilian Air Force, which has a big base like 200 kilometers from the island, because they realized that if it, they've been attacked by something that's coming by the air, so it must be something to be dealt with by the Brazilian Air Force. And these guys, the village uh, principals, they went to talk to the commander of that Brazilian Air Force field in the city of Belém, which puts together this team of men to investigate what was going on. It was called Operation Saucer. Now, I knew that, like 1982 or 83, and I tried to talk to Uirangi Yolanda, the commander of the Operation Saucer, the captain of Uirangi Yolanda, on several occasions. This was top secret in the Brazilian Air Force. And he wouldn't... He wouldn't receive me. He, he sometimes he he would, and he would say only that he cannot speak about it. You have to wait a little longer, AJ. So that's what I did. Now, 20 years have passed, and in 1997, I was in a in a Sunday night TV show in Brazil, which is very popular, seen by everyone in the country, and I was speaking about that. Subject, the, the, the Operation Saucer, of the information that I already had from some leakages that we had throughout the years, giving us information, giving us a, a few details of what happened during that four months operation in the Amazon.
0: So yeah, we're going to have to hold you there AJ. Just we've got to take another break, but I'm just fascinated by where this conversation is going. So stay with us and uh, after the break we'll we'll continue with the description of Operation Saucer uh, from the Brazilian government. Stay with us. Calling all time travelers, vampire slayers and alien abductees. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett continues. Welcome back. My name is Victor Vigiani, I'm sitting in for Richard Serrett this evening on the Conspiracy Show. We're talking with A.J. Guevard, UFO researcher from Brazil and we're right in the middle of a conversation about Operation Saucer where the Brazilian government was actually investigating uh, balls of light that were attacking uh, civilians. So uh, A.J., let's continue with that but and uh, keeping in mind that I do want to, after your description, uh, talk uh, to you a little bit about the big conference you've got coming up. So let's finish off describing this absolutely fascinating situation where civilians were accosted by you know, so-called beams of light from from UFOs.
1: Yes, and this beam of light or these UFOs, this type of UFOs, would be called suck suck phenomena because it was believed by people that this beam of light would was ex, were extracting people's blood, and they were, they actually were extracting people's blood. They become anemic. But see. Uh, stepping back a few minutes ago uh, uh, in, in, in 1997 I was in this TV show speaking about it with the f- very little information that I had about it uh, uh, from leakages of documents of the Operation Sorcerer and, and William Jolanda the captain of Oregelanda, the commander of the Operation Sorcerer was watching this show and on Monday morning he calls me and says, Hey, AJ, I, it's Holanda. It's Remember me? He says, Sure, sure. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm fine, and I'm going to tell you that I have no longer any connection with the Brazilian Air Force. I am retired, and now if you want to listen to what I have to say, you're welcome to come to my place. I Mike. couldn't speak to you about it on the on 80s, when you You look for for me, but now I can. And I went to talk to him, and I interviewed him for two days. And what that man described to me and to my associate, uh, Marco Antonio Petit, was just astounding. Victor, that man gave us the whole job. He gave us all the information that we wanted about how the operation source was developed from the beginning to the end. He told us that he and his team, 3,000 men, during four months, doing surveillance in the island with portable radars and all sorts of equipment, they made 2,000 pages of documents about it. They made 500 pictures of UFOs and 16 hours of footage in formats uh, super eight millimeters and super sixteen millimeters, a view folks over the amazon river isn 't that something
0: Th- this just sounds like an absolute cascade, a, a waterfall of, of 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 incidents that uh, it, it seems like it, it was hard to keep these things from from stopping uh, what they were doing uh, now when you say that people were actually yeah it, when, you, when you say that people were, were were harmed by this, was there any kind of medical um, investigation or assessment of, of what they went through in terms of examining their bodies and and sort of determining what kind of uh, physiological uh, things they went through?
1: Yes. Both the military that came to the island under the command of Guida Jolanda, they had uh, some uh, doctors or uh, uh, health personnel, medics to take care of the victims. But... And this is a very important thing to substantiate the whole thing about the operation saucer and the success phenomenon. The, in the health unity of the island, there was a doctor in her first job as a doctor after she finished uh, the, the, the college, med, medicine college, mm-hmm. and she was Dr. Velide Sesim. This woman... In his first assignment as a doctor in that island, taking care of the people, would start seeing patients coming with burns in the upper part of their arms or in the shoulder, one after another, after another, after one another, and she was very concerned because these were very profound wounds, like burn wounds. She told me, as I interviewed her several times, she's my friend now, and she's over the Facebook, Velide, I can spell the name so you can talk to her directly. Mm -hmm. She's a person, now uh, she's still a doctor and a a professor at some university in in Delane. And she told that when she received those patients, she was uh, very concerned and also surprised to see that the burns that were produced like three hours ago Look like they were made three days ago the, mm. the, the flash coming off the body of the victims. Now, I have interviewed several of the victims myself, and they and they report that their vital vital energy was also taken by those beam of light that came from the UFOs. They say that they could never regain the energy that they had before they were attacked.
0: Isn't that something?
1: That's something. And some of these people are still alive and living in that island. I'm going again there to Colaris in January with a team of the History Channel. We're going to perform interviews with these people again. and and see how they are doing. But, you know, for the last past years, I have gone there and spoken to them, and they always report the same thing. I have never recuperated, recovered, I have never recovered the same energy that I had before.
0: So so you're going to do a a, a documentary with the History Channel about this in January? In January. My goodness.
1: the the, the doctor also mm-hmm. uh, found out through the, the uh, medical sheets of the of the patients that in fact they missed blood, they lost blood during the attacks, that confirmed what the people thought of what uh, the attacks were. Right. These balls of light like, were extracting blood from them, not only blood but also energy, but the blood issue could be confirmed through the medical sheets that uh, she had on files of these same patients, confirming that they have less blood in their systems. <laughs>
0: So I guess uh, is there just to be a devil's advocate here is there any other ex- possible explanation for what these people were exposed to I mean you know we're sitting here talking about them being accosted by so-called UFOs or you know extraterrestrial vehicles off-world vehicles is there any other explanation as to what might have happened other than the ET explanation
1: yeah, well, some people have attempted to have explanation but that's none that fit in the description and right. besides this phenomenon was going on while a team of three dozen men from the Brazilian Air Force some of them very well trained mm-hmm. were there and they documented the phenomenon through photos, through films and everything, but the best is yet to come on December early December 1977, Uirangio Landa, Captain Uirangio Landa, and one of his men were in a boat in the other part of the island and they saw a landing of a huge cylinder UFO like 350, uh, 300 meters long. Landing, almost landing, didn't touch ground, but almost did. Right. On the other side of the river they were navigating and they stopped the boat, start looking at that big thing just in front of them like a like a building, as tall as a building, and a door was open in the upper part of this uh, spacecraft and a being, a humanoid being came out of this door and and flying. As there was no gravity, nor nothing, he came down 300 feet from the top of that object to the level of the the, uh, uh, river water, almost at the same height as the military that were inside this boat, which at this point were standing in the boat, and the the this creature, the occupant of the UFOs, was no more than three feet, thirty feet uh, from them and they exchanged uh eyesight, but they didn't talk, they didn't greet, they didn't communicate telepathically, nothing. It was just exchange of signs. They sought each other and then the occupant of this UFO flew back to the same door that was left open in the upper part of this object, entered that, the door was closed, and the UFO, very slowly, took off. And when it was at a certain height, then it just accelerated strongly and disappeared.
0: Well, that, that, that's an absolutely phenomenal... Uh, encounter of a story, uh, these kinds of things that you know when I hear them, and as a researcher myself uh, who investigates it it 's very difficult to internalize all of this stuff now uh, let, let just very quickly we 've got just a few minutes left here. Um, and uh, we, we do want you to follow up with us, A.J., please. Uh, let's stay in touch with, uh, with your investigation in January about the uh, the case on, on the island uh, with the, the individuals who were were exposed to these beams of light. I would love to follow up with that with you. But now, I understand that you have a big conference coming up. D- d- very briefly, in the next uh, two, two minutes or so, could you outline what the conference is all about and what your intentions are and where you're going with the conference?
1: we're doing in the city of Iguazu Falls which is a touristic and very nice place in Brazil the fourth world UFO forum or the first uh, UFO summit of the Americas we're going to receive 15 lecturers from 15 different countries plus a, a, a numerous uh, of Brazilian UFO researchers and speakers and that will be another step of our campaign, UFOs Freedom of Information Now. And at this moment, we will issue the Fos do Iguazu, or Iguazu False letter to the Ministry of Defense of Brazil, asking that all the files be available to the public, and asking that he fulfills the promise made by the commander of the Brazilian Air Force in 2005, and finally establish a committee for investigation of the UFO phenomenon composed by both civilian, the UFO researchers, and military. We want to get together the structure, the infrastructure of the Brazilian Air Force, which is big, with the talent of so many UFO researchers in Brazil that are willing to cooperate with the Brazilian Air Force to investigate this phenomenon. And guess what? The Brazilian Air Force commander will send a representative to our conference. He, He will be part of it we're going to have a captain from the Brazilian <laughs> Air Force in part of our world UFO Forum. Isn't that, that great?
0: That, that is absolutely astounding, and I congratulate you on your efforts because here in North America, you know, we're struggling with the media, we're struggling with government. But I must uh, send you uh, the best accolades that I possibly can for the kinds of work that you're doing, not only you know, with the military and the government, but please pursue it with the military uh, and, and the media so that we up here in, in, in North America can benefit from the media coverage that you guys are getting. So uh, thank you very, very much, A.J., for joining us this evening. And uh, we do want to follow up with you. Uh, congratulations on your work. And we do hope that your, uh, your conference coming up uh, is a successful one. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much for being with us, A.J.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Victor, and whenever you need I'm here at your service, sir, and always with the fresh information about Brazilian ufology. And sure, uh, just after the conference, uh, let's say January, let's begin sure. again what, okay. what happens.
0: In Thank you, week, my uh, friend. Good night, yeah. now. Good night. You are listening to The Conspiracy Show, and my name is Victor Vigiani sitting in for Richard Serrett. Don't forget, for upcoming show information, please visit richardserrett.com or say hello to Richard on Twitter at twitter.com slash